Welcome back to Dice Paper Roll. This is book two. You Chapter one, baby. Hey, yeah. if you've made it this far, thanks for listening. And if you're just jumping in, this is a good time to do it. Yeah, we've yeah. just come back from a season break. We've had a bloody great time. That's right. Benny's going to do a recap in a couple of minutes, but um, we're just going to say you know, a few things before that. Uh, yeah, we released the uh, epilogue to book one just recently as well. So if you haven't found out what happened to Ariki's yet, you should go and check that out. Catch up on that, man. Yeah, it's real good. It's a real good episode. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was good fun. Mm. We're brought to you by our patron patrons? Our Patreons. Yeah. No, no, our no. Patrons. patrons from Patreon. Yeah. 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 They're a rad list of people and we love them very much and they uh, they fund the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much love to all the people that are like contributing to the show and like helping us get this thing up in the air. And so big special thanks to Alex Boke, uh Blade Douglas, Daniel King, Danielle B, Danny Carroll. Uh, Irene Cucci, Kaspa, uh, Morris, uh, Leafburner, uh, Lewis Potter, Liam Sterner R, uh, Matthew Undead Ban, uh, Mika Wallace, Ryan Lewis, Sammy Duncan, Trent Denham, and Trevor Goodchild. Thank you so much for all the help that you've been Thanks, giving guys. to this, man. That's really cool. It's so cool listening to you read that out. Like, these people help us put our show on. It blows me away. It's right? amazing. Yeah, man. It blows me away that it's these crazy. people get, give us money to, to help us do our little podcast. It, yeah. If you're interested in contributing to our show at all, you can do that at www.patreon.com forward slash dice paper roll. Yeah. yeah. And R O L E. Uh, you'll find like uh, process videos of the art, but we're also going to be adding something new there this season. We're going to be doing a little bit of dissecting uh, each dissecting. episode. I like mm. it. Yeah. Dissecting. Dissecting. Nice. Dissecting. Dissecting. See what I, like I completely yeah. on purpose <laughs> did then. Um, but we're going to do that at the end of each episode. We're chucking it in for free, the first couple. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put them at the we'll end of the first go. few episodes yeah. and then yeah. it'll just be up on Patreon. Yeah, so. like um, crack, the first taste is free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just peddling that terrible, <laughs> terrible shit out that for some reason people just want more. You should also check out our website if you haven't already because it's got all of Jack's uh, artwork to this point, which is a, an incredible body of work. Plus, mm. we'll have a recap up on there as well if you want to read through a bit more of a detailed one from last season. Yeah, um, if you need a bit of memory jogging 47 episodes is a lot yeah i mean yeah. you'd just be able to jump in now if you really want to and you'll sure. listen yeah. to the, um, mm. the recap you're doing but you know if if you go back and listen to it from the start i'm really not going to hold it against you no no but <laughs> there is kind I mean, of really appreciate it there is a lot yeah but, you it know, is, I, it, it's a big it's a big hole we should probably introduce ourselves I yeah, yeah. <laughs> listeners especially yeah like, who are Right. Well, well, I suppose we introduce ourselves and the characters so that mm. they can meet us and who we're playing. My name is Emil, and I don't know. I live here in Melbourne with a bunch of bunch of rad D and D playing dudes, and I don't know. I do a few other things, but um, I play Brackeye, the Goliath Barbarian. He's uh, he's a big, rocky, like seven foot tall dude. His his skin looks like the face of a cliff, and um, he's a big, muscly barbarian wielding a sword. Hey, uh, my name's Greg. Uh, I'm playing Alan. Uh, I live in Melbourne too, but not with these dudes, because if we all live together, that would just be incestuous. Um, we'd never be able to escape this. Yeah, we'd never. So The pod cave would be set up all the time. 24-7 yeah. pod cave. Yeah, we have a big blanket fort, which is the pod cave, and you're in it, so welcome. Mm. <laughs> you can hear the dulcet tones of all of us much more clearly, mm. thanks to the pod cave. So, yeah, I'm playing Alan. He's uh, an ASMR, which is like a half-celestial. 
long flowing blonde hair. And of course, um, I know what celestial means, Greg. But uh, yeah, like a oh I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah, I better qualify that yeah. not for like uh, old term racism, old old time <laughs> racism terms, <laughs> uh, like an angel. Uh, yeah, so he's oh, uh, that's he's, a relief. Oh, thank God, right? Like Jesus, I went uh, down a bit of a train there. Yep, good. Yeah, so he's very religious. Um, has the bloodline of an angel running through his veins and uh he he's intent on uh, on saving and and healing the party which is why um he's taking uh the recent events very very hard but at the same time um he he he's very loath to to show that feeling on his face because he feels his role is to support the party and lift them up so I look forward to diving in yeah nice um, I'm Dan. I play Thundor, the human fighter and cleric of Tempest. Um, Thandor is, uh, he's, you he stands out in a room, although he is crippled with anxiety and will constantly be doubting himself. Um, but he wears this full plate armor, um, and he's a, a warrior priest, uh, and he's a human. So he's, he looks, um, pretty normal for uh, the kinds of creatures that inhabit the D&D universe. He's just had his massive red beard ripped from his chin. Oh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. my character was saving him, Lord of the Rings style, yeah. like grabbing, grabbing old grabbing mate's beard. Grabbing the beard. Yeah. Used to have a fiery yeah. red beard, but now uh, it's been ripped from his chin, so now he's just got fiery red mutton chops. Well, it's um, been ripped from his chin and shoved into his neck in an yeah, effort and to then save your life. Closed, yeah. 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 yeah, If you want to know what we're talking about, just go back to the last couple of episodes. A lot of Ingrown hairs. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Um, he's a man of the cloth. Like he's a he's a religious. He, he's he's a warrior priest. Of as is Alan, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. But whereas Alan is like a protector and like a good sort of uh, priest, uh, Thandor is a, a warrior priest, and so is a lot more about the strategy and the the martial. And so putting on a, a strong face and wanting to be a leader, but also being unsure of himself and how to express that, you know? And so... Um, he wears full plate mail mm. and... Yeah, yeah. He looks like a badass. Yeah. But he's got a real soft side. Mm. And a glaive, which is a sharp... A glaven! Long, sharp <laughs> I think that soft side was really shown in the last arc with his relationship with Bex as well. I think yeah, I yeah, really like, like my, uh, yeah. my apprentice. Mm. All right. Yeah. We've put Anyways. in enough apprentice sprinkles. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's, that's enough, enough about Thandor. That's enough, enough kisses on the dick. All right, moving on. These religious types just love to talk about themselves, don't sure they? Do. And yeah. It's not their god, it's themselves. Uh, well, it's all of our backstory, like our healthy backstory that we've written, right, right, Daddy? Now we have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so my name's Ben. I play Snatch, the halfling rogue, and he is a halfling rogue because I just said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, only now have you decided. Yeah, yeah. Only, <laughs> I've only just moment. decided. But um, look, I to try and avoid um, any kind of original thought, I just picture, I say picture a hobbit from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He likes food and shiny things. He pretends he doesn't care about his companions, but he actually does quite a lot. He's got a heart of gold. Um, He's more of a Frodo than a Bilbo. He's not as, as portly so. as Bilbo. More, oh, no. Well, more, if he keeps eating apples, he might yeah. end up that way. But, oh, it's cl- keeping his but he's got cold. a lot of luck on his side, that's for sure. Keeping his tract clean. <laughs> with all he those animals, he's clearing out his track. It's good to have a. Yeah. Good he's going back to episode track. twenty or so here. Uh, uh, right, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, his luck is usually pretty much on his side uh, until he found a, a coin. Um, mm. Thanks to when Dan was DMing 
at the end of the last arc. Anyway, it uh, gives him a plus four or a minus four, depending what face it lands on, and uh, good times. God, I enjoyed that. But oh, if, you, if you want to know a little bit more about what the characters look like, do jump online because Jack yeah. does mm. amazing, amazing artwork. It's all up so there, good. so you don't even have to use your imaginations. Hey, um, you could just follow just us on Twitter eyeballs. at Dice Paper Roll or yep. on Instagram at Dice Paper Roll follow or Jack on Facebook. At JK Crosby, fun yeah. just as dice, well. Dice Paper Roll first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not here at the table. Anyway, so I also am the dungeon master for our very first chapter of book two. Um, if you're a newcomer, uh, we share the DMing over different arcs. So a DM is a dungeon master. If you're a very newcomer, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're the person who who kind of narrates the game and uh, is the adjudicator. Um, anyway, so that's me. All right, you guys ready to get your dice paper roll on? Dice paper roll. Woo! You. So previously, on Dice Paper Roll, book one, the party met in the sleepy little village of Lindborough, where they encountered goblins lurking in the woods and causing trouble for the townsfolk. They were able to rescue most of the villagers, but not before some of the children were sacrificed in a dark ritual involving blood magic. Bruval, the local innkeeper, blamed the death of his daughter Emily on Brackeye, and made a dark pact in order to exact his revenge. Over the following weeks, the heroes investigated further, and they learned of dark forces amassing in the countryside, and so they assisted Greymead's ruler, Lady Verisal, in preparing the defences of the city. During this time, they unearthed a legendary shield that had been rumoured to lie beneath the city. Activating its power prevented any fiends from breaching the shield's walls. Eventually, though, the amassing armies of goblinoids, orcs and devils surrounded Greymead and launched their assault upon the city walls. As the battle raged around them, the Type 5, Brackeye, Aelan, Aeon, Aeron, the Aesva, Thandor, Snatch and the tiefling Ariki's Song took down the army's warchief with the help of David the Cat. During a brief respite, they caught sight of a stealthy band of hobgoblins who were attempting to reach and deactivate the shield so that their devilish allies could lay waste to the city of Greymead. Following their quarry deep underground, the heroes instead found vast subterranean chambers that hinted at ancient prophecies. There were carvings in the walls that hinted that present events had not only been prophesied to occur, but had even happened before. There were also huge statues, a pair of women, one all black onyx, the other white marble, each pushing one half of a large round orb against the others so that they formed one complete sphere being held between them, one half onyx, the other marble. See episode art for episode 42. In a bizarre domed chamber, ringed with bronze bands that were covered with carvings of phases of the moon, their final confrontation took place. The ceiling became a giant scrying spell through which the world's two moons could be seen rising from opposite directions, inexorably moving towards each other. A silver pool in the chamber magically granted Ariki's song a vision of her ancestry and the long-forgotten knowledge that her very purpose would be to one day play her song to prevent something called the shattering from occurring. Back in the chamber, 
the devilish Bruvel arrived with a posse of impossibly powerful devils, which would only mean that the city's shield had been disabled, allowing the fiends to finally breach the walls. Another figure was with him, a fallen Asimar bard, whose garb displayed a black disc rimmed in purple. He used magic to envelop himself and Ariki's song in an impenetrable globe, pulled out his mandolin, and as they entered into a battle of the bards, the bronze bands in the chamber began to spin faster. The combined music of the two bards seemed to accelerate the movement of the moons towards one another. The Asimar's sinister music aimed at setting the moons on a collision course and Ariki's to stop that from happening. The battle raged. Through the scrying spell of the chamber, under the light of the full moon, Brackeye's curse of lycanthropy bubbled to the surface as he started ripping Bruvel's face off with his bare teeth. Alan was dealt a mortal blow, but Thandor saved him from death with the aid of his god, Tempest. Snatch threw himself recklessly at a foe far beyond his ability, and the Type Five were near to being overwhelmed. Then, to make matters much, much worse, a hellish portal opened up beneath Ariki's song, and a spiked chain pierced straight through her stomach from behind and began to pull her downwards. Ultimately, she could no longer continue playing her music and thus could not stop the shattering. The two moons collided, sending millions of pieces of debris cascading outward in the explosion, hurtling towards the earth. The last thing you saw was a brilliant white light as it filled your vision, a high-pitched screaming sensation that sent vibrations throughout your entire body until it utterly consumed you. For some time, each of you drift on the endless swirls of eternity, completely unconscious, entirely unaware of your surroundings, devoid of thought, devoid of sensation. Ever so slowly, the hint of a feeling returns, the whisper of a sensation, just a trickle of language, of thought. After some indeterminable amount of time, you're ever so slowly able to come back to your senses, to begin to form words and thoughts in your minds. And at first, it takes you some effort to remember who you are. But eventually, memories flood back and crash over you like waves. You remember the events of recent weeks, meeting each other, discovering together the threat that awaited Greymead. You recall activating the shield. The fierce battle on the wall comes to your mind. You remember chasing shadows underneath the city of Greymead, the two huge statues of women in some kind of struggle, and the strange scrying spells upon the ceiling. And you remember seeing through these scrying spells the invading forces overwhelm the city walls. The faces of your friends and allies come to mind. Lady Verisal, who lay dying in the arms of Vents. Beldaf, the wizard. Kyrene. Blex Aoki, the warlock. Lysanovich. Thandor's ward, Bex, just a young boy. Canny Darrell, as he fell to his death. Even Casper, the goblin clown. But the face that you remember the most 
with a sharp pang of emotion is that of your companion, Ariki's song. As she looked at you, devilish spike protruding from her gut, dripping in blood, lute in hand, as she strummed a final spell. You remember her being dragged down into a portal below her as all hell broke loose. At present, you can feel a cold, hard feeling underneath you and you can derive the familiar sensation of stone. Your eyes flutter open, Thandor and Snatch can see nothing but pitch black. Brackeye and Alan, with the help of your dark vision, you can see in blacks and whites and greys that you lay on the floor of the bronze ringed chamber. Arikis. Arikis. Alan, is that you? She's gone. She's not here. Where are we? I, I, I can't see anything. I, I, I can't see anything either. It's okay. We're here. I reach out and uh, put my hand on Thandor's shoulder. Ah! <laughs> oh no, it's me. Sorry, sorry. Oh. I didn't think about that one. Yeah, no, oh, it's okay. Just oh, you. okay, yeah. Sorry. I'll just some some. Uh, Thandor touches a hand to his breastplate, um, his full plate armor, and um, casts light on himself. Um, is it any particular color? The light? Uh, just like uh, kind of like that white, um, you know, fluorescent light. So light, awesome. Yeah, yeah, like like <laughs> like a hospital, something stark and cold and you know. great. The stark Sterile. white light, sterile white light of yeah. a hospital flickers into being around, <laughs> yeah, with the faint buzz in the background, flickers into being, and um, it reflects off uh, off the the walls of the chamber, and you can see that you are in the dome's chamber with the moon engraved bronze rings. Um, the light reflects dimly on th- off the surface, filling the room a little bit more, but there are still very large patches of shadow and darkness. What? What, what happened? Where, where are all the bodies? You, you don't actually recall there being any bodies. Oh, scratch that. <laughs> um, we, we, we didn't actually kill anyone, Alan. Oh, we didn't even get one of them? Well, I think... Brackeye got Bruval. You all look over at Brackeye, who has blood staining his entire mouth and dripping down his chin. Oh, you did get him, didn't you? Yeah, what what happened to you, man? Like, you kind of lost it. Are you okay? Before you can answer Brackeye as you try to actually figure out how you're feeling, you have very vague memories of attacking Bruval like that but the taste of blood remains in your mouth uh, and dark instincts sort of bubble away deep within you that you're not quite aware of um, but you feel quite weak and a little bit feverish as well oh. is that is that a bit of could you do that away from me, please? Uh, was was oh, that brutal? Oh, oh, that I, I think I Brackeye see a collapses onto all fours. You guys look at Brackeye in the uh, the dim light, or the white stark hospital light of Thandor's light spell, and you can see a, a little flap of Brutal's skin just hanging off 
Brackeye's tune. Uh, Th- Thandor um, moves over to Brackeye as he as he collapses um, to the ground and kind of wipes his face a little bit and tries to to move away the the flap of skin and. Uh, Brackeye uh, like shines right? from the light. Yeah. Brackeye, are you okay? Do you need healing? Are you hurt? I'm fine. And he stands up. Where is... What, what, what happened? Like, didn't the moons explode? Can, can yeah, I, let's, like, let's lo- just... Can we just set the whys and the wherefores later and deal with present um, matters? I think that's pretty fucking <laughs> present. No, I, feel, I feel like um, that's sort of important. Is the sky still... <laughs> is it like the other one where so, it's like the, the scry? No, so the chamber, um, the the ceiling is back to stone. But as you look around, you actually notice that um, several of the bronze rings, whilst they still retain their shine, many of them are cracked. Uh, and as you actually pay attention to the rest of the chamber, you can see that there is a lot of debris all over the floor. You look back towards the double doors that you came in and see that there's been some kind of large cave-in and you, um, you, you don't appear that you'll be able to get back out the way you came back in. Um, yeah, it's dark. There's no scry spell functioning. The silver pool that was in the middle of the chamber is completely gone, along with the Rikis, and there are no corpses on the floor. Yeah, you're right. Um, the moon stuff is more important. I guess I was just feeling a bit paranoid about the blood and um, brutal on my face. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he wipes his mouth with his sleeve, but he doesn't have any. Um, his arm. Would you like a napkin? I can rip a bit his off my arm. <laughs> From his shoulder down to his arm and wrist. Yeah. Would you like a napkin? I could rip you some off my... Don't do that. We're, we're already seeing way too much of you at the moment. No no corpses anywhere. I could do with a cloak. It's getting there are no again. corpses. So when Brackeye killed Bruval, Bruval uh, dissipated into like a black mist, being a devil, and you guys did not manage to kill any of the other creatures. Ariki's song in her last ditch effort before she was dragged through the portal uh, did cast a thunder wave spell that sent the fallen ASMR flying back into the huge bolt of energy um, that caused it to completely disappear as well. Dematerialize? Decombobulate? Die? Discontinue? Disintegrate? Yeah. Hmm. Oh shit! Ariki's! Where? She's not. She's, well, yes. She got pulled through the portal. Where, where, where to? Where, where is she? Not here. She's gone. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, Thandor goes over to where he estimates uh, Ariki's was pulled through, where the portal was, and just like goes over and just tries to investigate and see if there's anything that's, that's there. Yeah. Roll an investigation check for me. First roll. First roll of book two. Yeah. Uh, 20. You have a look around the chamber and you pick the spot where you think she was, where she was enveloped in the um, energy globe against the ASMR, and you can't see any kind of scorch marks whatsoever, actually. You have a good look around. Uh, It doesn't even seem like there has been liquid here recently, which is baffling. Well, shit, that's baffling. Um, I, I, it was 
she left, she was pulled through right over here. I mean, it was... You try to look where you think the portal opened up as well, and uh, you also can't see any kinds of blood spatter or anything anywhere. Can you see anything, Thandor? Uh, no, uh, everything seems really old and, and dry. It doesn't seem like there's any water or or anything from from the battle. There's no blood? Uh, no, it, it, I can't even see that there's any signs of the battle. Well, I'm sure your investigation is much better than mine, Thandor. I, I thought I was pretty onto it, but... No, I... That was sincere. I'm sorry I didn't come across <laughs> that way. What, what do you mean? That can't possibly be. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I'm looking around. There's there's no... Hang on. Uh, Thandor remembers that Alan was taken out and crashed to the ground and revived him and brought him back to consciousness. So he's going to go over to that same spot and see if he can see any signs of blood or anything. Oh, do we have to yeah, stand great. here? My chest blister is tingling. Uh, roll an intelligence check just to see if you can kind of remember the exact spot given the heat of battle. Twelve. Yeah, you go over to where you think it was and again, now that you've picked up on it, it seems sort of strange. Yeah, there's no, doesn't seem to be any marks, any blood, anything like that. There's nothing here. It's, uh, uh, uh. I'm all out of ideas. I don't know. I'm I'm fucking stumped. As Thandor's like thinking about it and looking around at at the room and just trying to like piece everything together, uh, his hand reaches up uh, to stroke his his luscious red beard, um, and goes to stroke his chin and then realizes that he no longer has any hair on his chin and only yeah. has his mutton chop. So and what you do feel instead down a little bit where your neck is, is the tuft of beard hair sticking out that Snatch had attempted to stem the bleeding when you'd... Um... What a lovely neck beard you're cultivating, Thandor. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got nothing. <laughs> it's like not an ingrown hair. It's uh, oh. that, that looks like it could be ingrown clump. Mm, yeah, <laughs> That's going to um, be horrible to pluck out. Uh, I'm not... I'm not uh... Not thinking about it at the moment. Um, oh, maybe I could use a healing word on it. Oh. I'm really pretty much out, all out here. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've not really got much left. Yeah, you guys exhausted almost everything you had in the last 24 hours. Not only in the final confrontation that happened in this chamber, but also in the several battles beforehand. So, what's everyone's apocalypse plan? Brackeye kind of picks up a big bit of stick and starts with a small knife, starts whittling it. I've got a couple of apples, but I don't think they're going to last very long. Uh, he bites got, into one. I've got half a water bottle. Hang on. What about you? I don't know. I was going to trust in Tempest if it ever came to the apocalypse. I thought he'd, like, you know, bring me into the fold and just, like, kind of take me on up and I'd be like, oh, hey, there's, there's my parents. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, that's the good thing about, I guess, you know, following God so closely. You're just never alone, are you, Thandor? Yeah, you get it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, religion buddies, <laughs> high fives. You're telling me that none of you, even you, the soldier, have an apocalypse plan? I don't really plan anything, personally. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought about it, but yeah, I thought, like, Tempest would kind of help me out if it ever kind of came to it, you know? 
Well, what's your apocalypse plan, Mr. Apocalypse Person? Brokaw continues to whittle down on his stick. It's still absolutely, you can't see what it is by any stretch. It just looks like a stick, but with no bark on it. He spits out another big bit of ch- chunk of flesh. How much have that, you got in there? Yeah, that that's really grossing me out, I have to say. Why are you whittling It was a caught between a tooth, don't worry about it. Why are you whittling a stick when you've got a great sword? Apocalypse plan. <laughs> What is your <laughs> apocalypse plan? <laughs> Follow me. Okay. <laughs> Where do you go? Okay. Let's go. Um, Broco yeah. walks into a tree. Or no. A walks, tree? Walks into a grove of trees. <laughs> <laughs> Just disappears into the mist. <laughs> yes. Uh, starts drinking moisture out of um, animal dung and... <laughs> you, you must be hallucinating because there are no trees down here. It is a stark... Brack Eye turns around, expecting to walk into some trees mysteriously, and then kind of stops and scratches his head. And goes, oh. Well, there goes my apocalypse plan. It was well, inspiring, but short-lived. All right, well, f- fuck this. Like, there's still a battle that's, like, raging on upstairs, all right? So we gotta, we got to go and fucking help the, the city, right? Right. So right. let's... Like the the doors all fucked up. Um, it's all caved in, so that's a that stumps me. But um, let's have uh, a look for some other way out then. Yeah, good idea. Uh, Thandor goes and has a perception check and tries to look around and see if there's any uh holes or um uh, any other kind of entrances or Aileen, exits. Alien's gonna go in the opposite direction to Thandor yep. and search the room as well. Snatch goes over to the double doors just to make sure. So both of you uh roll. Investigation or perception checks, up to you. 20! Nice. That's 20. I've booked you. Uh, I got 16 on perception. Oh, very good. Uh, as Snatch sifts through the rubble over by the uh, the, the double doors and Brackeye stands scratching his head, wondering why there's no trees underground, you both <laughs> go looking for another way out and you actually... Uh, end up kind of hunched over and end up walking towards each other and you clock your heads right at the same point. Oh, oh God, you're wearing a helmet. That hurts so much. Oh, yeah, wait. Actually, I'm pretty good. Ow. <laughs> but then you both start to feel a very faint draft coming from somewhere. <laughs> I feel it most of all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you... You notice a faint draft coming from uh, a gap in between the collapsed stone of the chamber that's behind one of the uh, the broken rings. So we're, we're not at like the collapsed part of where the main entrance was. We're no. just like at another part of. You're on the like the other side of the chamber. The yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Is it just like a small slither of an opening? Is it like, or is it something that we can kind of crawl through, or is it something that like? We can feel the breeze, but we're going to have to, like, dig our way out a bit. Uh, You can feel the breeze, um, but you're going to have to dig your way out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to start doing that? Hey, Black Eye, come come over here. You're, like, big and strong. Um, We've got to get the fuck out of here. You mind giving us a hand moving these, um, this this here debris? Black Eye looks over at Snatch, who's next to him, and says, I don't feel so good. And he straightens up, and he kind of walks his way towards where the debris is and where Thandor is gesturing. Thandor uh, puts the butt end of his glaive into, like, the crack and then starts trying to lever some of the the debris 
off to one side and like try and make the gap bigger by using his glaive. Yeah, great. Utility. (laughs) You get to work with your glaive utility in the butt end. Uh, And yeah, some of the debris starts to wiggle loose a little bit and Snatch comes over and wiggles in and it's like, oh, I think think there might be some kind of passage back here if we keep on at this. Alan like busies himself around but is not very strong or able to move debris very well so he sort of while Thandor's moving the ring, he grabs it as well. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it really has no effect. He's <laughs> <laughs> just standing there too, like Alan, no robe, the little kind of torn cloak wrapped around him. Like he's a, mostly a scorched cloth. away, mm, tied yeah. at one side, so a fair bit of leg showing. <laughs> Brackeye moves heaps of rubble. He tires himself out, just in a frenzy almost. He kind of starts to move faster and lift bigger and bigger things and push it out the way until it's kind of almost frothy in the mouth. Yeah. Like a, a, a Goliath possessed, you you actually do get to work and manage um, as a team and with the, the help of Thandor to actually remove quite a few rocks and um, you, you are able to then dig away at some loose rubble that falls apart and then you guys find this kind of passageway that you can make your way into. Um, but you are now very worn out, Brackeye, and you keep getting mixtures of between like fever and also chills as well as you um, continue to have the taste of blood that just sort of hangs in the back of your mouth. Can I do a perception check to see if I can tell Brackeye's not doing so great? Sure. Uh, 15. Yeah, you notice that he looks a little bit pale and uh, sort of dark rings under his eyes and he there seems to be sort of, you know, beads of sweat but he has just worked really hard at, yeah. at lifting a lot of rocks so watching that sort of frenzy yeah i just watch watch with concern did you say anything to him or you just keep an eye on not, him not not to him to look to over thandor. at thandor and snatch yeah and snatch just uh sort of voiceless communication to that i'm worried about brackeye voiceless communications in a podcast on a, on a yeah podcast. yeah so good i know yeah. I was... description of it you know. yeah we share a concerned look. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. You do the work. <laughs> I just thought it as well, because um, you went in a frenzy the last time, you'd ha- actually have exhaustion. You'd have a level of exhaustion Yeah, that's what I'm playing, well. bro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, well, I'm just... Uh, well, in terms of... Uh, I thought it was implied. <laughs> I know, I know, but mechanically... No, no, it's cool, it's cool. Just for all the D&D nerds out what there. What about the emotional exhaustion, Brackeye? Have you taken that into account? That's what I'm worried it's about. It's taking its toll. That was much. meant to be in a side that wasn't meant to be in the game. Well, now it's going to be in, Danny. It's going to be in the show. It's canon. Uh, great. So, you, yeah, you share a little look and a bit of voiceless communication. Um, and uh, <laughs> On reflection, that was not the best call. Oh, my God. I imagine some ER shit where you're George Clooney and looking down hallways and kind of mm, scrubs yeah. and stuff. Mm. <laughs> Let's walk and talk. Exactly. <laughs> Snatch volunteers says, oh, I'll, I'll take the lead if you want and search out any traps, but I, I need a bit more light. I'll cast light on a rock, pick up a rock, and uh, a soft blue light glows from it. Thanks, Aylan. And uh, you see the soft blue light kind of disappear around the corner as um, as he goes to scout for traps, and you hear his voice echo down from in front. Seems to be clear. What do you see? see, see. Lots of rocks, rocks, rocks. Um, tunnel, tunnel, tunnel. Who wants to go next? Next. next. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, after you, Brackeye. Brackeye kind of <laughs> starts to sniff and starts to go, turns and goes. I'll follow after. All right, well, I guess I'm going on in. So you all, four of you, pick your way through the tunnels for what seems to be, well, it's actually hard to tell how much time passes down here in the relative darkness. Um, but you notice that they seem to have actually been roughly carved out um, at some point. So they're not natural caverns, but they're very narrow. So it's uh, it's not a it wasn't a main passage of any kind. But it does slope up, uh, and it seems to wind upward in a zigzagging kind of fashion. And you pick your way through the tunnels, climbing up and up and up. It takes perhaps an hour or two, and at some point you all sense a distant rumble and crash in the distance as a, a kind of boom that seems to radiate from somewhere that you can feel through the earth and the the cabin walls around you kind of shake and vibrate a little and little loose bits of pebble drift down and, and land on top of you and bounce off your armour. Oh, Thandor. Uh, we, we have to go and help the city. The- the quicker we get out of here, the better. Let's go. Go, right. Brackeye, go. Yeah. You whip Brackeye into shape. Yeah, push Brackeye. Go. Brackeye's quite fatigued at this point. He kind of stumbles and bumps into the wall a bit, but then he is managed. He does manage to pick up the pace. And you manage to all hustle uh, up the pace, and, and you the, the, the tunnel starts to widen, and then it actually emerges into kind of a large open cave, which is uninhabited no signs of life and you you can get a sense of the fresh air that blows down from an opening somewhere up ahead push on we, we must be pretty far outside the city walls if smell the fresh air let's go okay, okay all right let's go and as you push on you actually notice that there's daylight that spills down the tunnel and the scent of fresh air fills your nostrils but you also notice it's very hot um Except for you, Brackeye, you are shivering. And you make your way toward the exit where you can see clear blue sky out through the mouth of the tunnel. And you emerge from the tunnel expecting to see armies of goblins swarming the city or, I don't know, maybe even citizens of Greymead having somehow successfully fended them off. But the sight that greets your eyes is utterly disorienting and completely catches you off guard. There's nowhere in sight that you can see the familiar city walls that you helped to reinforce. Nowhere are the surrounding farmlands that were housing a legion of invading goblins. All of it is gone. You stand upon a rocky ledge and look down, not upon the battle-ravaged city of Greymead, but upon miles and miles of dense green jungle a lush and verdant landscape that stretches as far as the eye can see. And the shock of it assaults you, but there is no denying what your senses are telling you. The air is dense and muggy, and the temperature is hot. What? Where? Where? By Helm's hairy scrotum, where are we? (laughs) The stripe of lichen that goes down the middle of Brackeye's head which is usually vibrant green compared to this jungle and forest and those vibrant colours is pale and and grey and he looks ill his skin is looking unusually sallow and his cheeks are gaunt and 
his, his normally kind of rich, rocky exterior looks much lighter and more like quartz than normal. And he drops to one knee. <sighs> what the fuck? Next to you, your companion, Snatch, in his customary sneaking pants with suspenders and the little bowler hat, puts an arm on your shoulder and says, I have no idea, Brackeye. I have no idea what in the nine hells is going on. Dandor goes up to the edge of the cliff and goes, What the fuck? Brackeye spits out once more and says, Well, <clears throat> at least I can use my Armageddon plan. And runs into the trees. <laughs> no, wait, don't do that! No! <laughs> and then trips over on the way because he's so fucking ill and bites the dust. Which is lucky because you're standing on a rocky ledge on the side of quite a high uh, kind of cliff face. Oh, no. Uh, uh, th- well, Thandor's going to uh, rush over and try and stop him. It's like, yeah, great. Is, is, is he falling off the edge? No, no, no. <laughs> he stumbles as he gets close to it. Do oh. you want to roll dexterity? Yeah, sure. Sure. Don't roll a one. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a one, but it's a seven on the dice. <laughs> um, uh, just a dexterity check. Yeah, or reflex save, whatever they have in the thing. These yeah, days, yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. that we apparently it's a, it's a play. Nine. It's a nine. It's a nine. Yeah, not much better. Look, you manage to to stumble forward, and your plate mail feels heavy, and you you grab Brackeye by the lichen on the back of his neck. And just it kind of falls out. Pull back. It yeah, rips straight oh. out. Oh. Brackeye falls onto the the lip of the cliff face, but you don't fall over. You just kind of half torso hanging over. Well, I guess the Armageddon plan can wait till tomorrow. Do you, I think you might need to rest, Brackeye. Fair. Um, Brackeye, as you kind of admit that maybe the Armageddon plan can wait, you you look down at the dense jungle below you and there's kind of a thought that sort of tickles at the back of your brain that the river system that you can see in front of you looks vaguely familiar as it runs south and it splits in two different directions running roughly southwest and southeast and from this height which is roughly about as high as you would have been Top the keep walls in grey mead. Just looks familiar. There's this something looks familiar. And uh, as you all take in the sight, three of you standing on your feet, brack eye, exhausted, in front of you all. Your eyes are drawn skyward as in the sky above, far in the distance, you can see a streak of white light that flashes across the sky, and then another one a few seconds later. And then gradually there are more streaks and flashes of iridescent white and silver that flash in and out of existence, slashing across the sky, lasting less than a second or two each, as small meteors enter the atmosphere and are burned up. And this display lasts for maybe a minute or two, and then just as it seems to be coming to an end, there is an almighty flash that's way bigger than the others, and you watch, awestruck. This one does not disappear as it rockets through the atmosphere and instead it flickers and shimmers lighting up the day sky as whatever it is burns up and shoots toward the ground in the very far distance you hear a dull thud and a boom as it hits the earth 
The impact sends a cloud of dust and debris shooting into the air, just visible in the far distance. And then the sky is filled with thousands of birds for miles around, all fleeing the safety of the trees. And that is where we're going to end this first episode of Book Two. So brings to a close the end of Chapter One, Book Two, Dice Paper Roll. We'll be back with another episode on the 9th of December. So until then, roll on through to the other side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saved it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone. Uh, this is an extra little new thing we're doing in book two, where we're going to have a little post-game chat, uh, not for too long, but just chat about what what just happened, thoughts, feelings, snide remarks. Um, hope, yeah, who wants to start? Just want to say welcome to the, the tight five with the tight five. Mm. That was my bit. Let's keep it tight. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. First off, who's going next? That was an amazing description, Ben. The, the yeah, recap was amazing. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and yeah. That that last scene was awesome. The all the meteorites coming in and burning up, and then like the the big like flash of the massive asteroid coming in was yeah, fucking thanks. cool, man. What's the date today? I feel like that's something we should mention. Uh, so the date today yeah, we're, we're recording, recording is Friday the 9th right. of November. Yeah, so go. we're just recording a couple of weeks out of release, which yeah. is the 25th. It's been a while since we've recorded a, it's a been like cave game. Three too. months, maybe four. Yeah. June. Johnny Long Time. We've done some live shows, but yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's great to be back in the podcast. It is. Mm. Yeah. The recap was a challenge. But I did many drafts where I just was... Yeah, it started getting really, really long and I hadn't even finished Danny's first seven episodes. So I was like, you know what? This That's condense, 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 condense. Mm. And uh, it was, works for uh, milk. I think it works for the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> condensed sweet backstory. Mm. Um, what did you guys... How did you feel about playing your characters again after so long? It was... It was, it was like, I mean, it was good. I was having fun being Thandor... Um, again, after so long, like, cause I haven't properly played Thandor since it was like Greg's arc because he's always been kind of taking a backseat. Um, but it was, it was a bit difficult cause we were all in shell, sh like kind of shell shock trying to like, oh, what's going on here? And, and trying to work things out in in the game and and that kind of thing yeah, and like it was moments after the end of episode 46 yeah. but actually months after we last played it yeah yeah, yeah and tricky. and also like that whole kind of like first opening sequence where it's like I'm coming in back into my body and that sort of thing and I have my eyes closed the whole time during that and like kind of like uh, pretending that I'm like, oh, I'm Thandor. Oh, oh no, Banks. Oh, oh. oh Ricky, oh no. Banks, oh no. Like, you know. In, in, my, uh, in my head. You sounded um, so good. And then like, yeah, coming into that room and then it just kind of being like, oh, what the, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it was, it was a disorienting kind of 
experience because I was trying to be like, oh, no, well, I know what's happening here and blah, blah, blah. But like... It's kind of meant to be disorienting. So yeah. I guess yeah, exactly. Method, man. It's method. Well mm. yeah, you could transportative. Yeah, you, you could tell how, um, you know, how many things we were grappling with by the length of time it took us to leave the first room. Right. Mm. Well, I um, thought it was a forest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of grappling with things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hope Jack's not offended that... um. You didn't ask about Ariki's much. Well, no, we did, but it's like, getting there. Uh, that's I'm a like, slow it's burn. Pretty blatant. We have yeah. a drag through a portal. Very pressing things at hand. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. about doing a knowledge, like some sort of like arcana or religion check to see if I could think of where she'd gone, but I don't think Alan would want to deal with that straight away either. Yeah, like, Brackeye's grown up in a very paternal kind of society. I yeah, think. yeah. He's very <laughs> so, talking about his feelings is right where he's at right now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Alan needs ripped to ripped the face off someone. Yeah, work that through. I thought Brackeye was pretty sensitive. He is, but mm. this is uh, this is vulnerable. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Leave that shit well alone. Well, it, you know, some feelings are, 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 are tricky ones to, 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 to have words for, I think. Mm. <laughs> Same with nonverbal communication. That's tricky now. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, cool. it's that's like, a brave choice. I was <laughs> a brave, brave <laughs> yeah. choice. I was, I Thanks, was wanting to, res- <laughs> to respond to you in that moment, but then I was like, how do I respond in a nonverbal way? Just give me a nod, mate. Wait, Come on. I know. Just give a nod. Uh, yeah. Or Hard or wings the eye or something. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> or uh, oh. This guy. Yeah, I trampled over that off of, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Not a great one, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and I on that note. It. I could see what you meant. I was like, that's really good. But, you know. I can see you in the flesh. But I'm not in it. Was, we were talking about West Wing beforehand, so I thought I was Well, in the West fluorescent Wing. light that Danny yeah. <laughs> set the scene, really, I thought. Really West Wing or, or a bit of ER. Yeah, yeah. 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 How, how did House. you feel about it, Benny? Being back in the DM seat and opening the second Yeah, look, I, was, two. Uh, mm. I was pretty... Under the cover of book two. Under the covers. Uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel glad that it's done. Uh, it's ha- <laughs> done with that shit. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where it's kind of how's it going to go down. Um, mm. It's a little bit unknown, um, bit nervous because I haven't. Uh, this is actually the first time I've DM'd with the Podcave setup. Yeah, Last true. time I was DM, we oh. were still using lapel mics. Fuck off! Wow, yeah, yeah. So fuck, that's so long that's time. Such a long time. Yeah, ago. The last oh, time shit. I actually DM'd for this podcast was well over a year ago, yeah. um, and I have done one live show, and I have done obviously the Arikis episode that we released a couple mm. of weeks ago. But yeah. we actually recorded that right after we played the last game, so a few mm. months back. So, and that was just Jack. So, I mean, what you're saying is you've had plenty of practice. Yes, I should be better prepared. <laughs> no, it's weird. No, yeah, no. it's the first time, and um, it was good. It was good. Um, just having being the DM again. Going, oh, I'd, I've mm. got to be responsible for moving the story along. But I feel good. I'm ready f- for the next stuff. I'm excited with what's what I've got to reveal to you guys. Mm. Hopefully, you liked it so far. Well, I was like, uh, when it was like the end of the episode, and it's like. You know, there's all of us standing there, and you are serious, like Brackeye, Emil. You are seriously fucked up yeah. at the moment, and I'm just like, like literally two seconds from being like, I'm gonna pull Brackeye back into the cave, and we're gonna set up a camp and a fire, and we're gonna sit around and get you warm and try and put a 
damp cloth on your your forehead. I've got one. Yeah, no, no, we're not doing <laughs> Just that. The one, Just the Just one cloth. The one. <laughs> it is um, damp though. Yeah, like that's that's. I was like, oh, most talented. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this you know, is the only one I have. You know, <laughs> You know how you have those moments where you're like, oh, oh, no, don't end now, don't end now. Like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. Like, that's, yeah, that's how yeah. I was. Well, luckily we're recording another episode straight away. Yeah. Mm. I mean, not straight away. Well, I know, but now I've just given it away to the listeners. Tune in. Tune in. See how you execute it. Yeah, tune in in a fortnight to listen to the Dan Bragg story. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to hear Listen these guys camping. Dan's move was wow. <laughs> I set up a camp and looked after a guy. <laughs> really Dingy. like a mosquito net. It's a bit boy scout. It like is, it. isn't it? Yeah. It's a worthy. Uh, what's the word? Oh my god! You're gonna get your moist rag. Badge. No, no, no. <laughs> 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 what is that? Brackeye boy I don't even scouts. want to get scouts. You get yeah. the you badges. No yeah, attention to the mountain scout. I know. Why is there a moist? Well, we town. don't ever talk about Brackeye that. Yeah. Be a scout <laughs> I, I, think, I think on that note, we can leave the listeners to contemplate what the hell we're talking about and yeah. look forward to our camping stories. You can tune in in a couple of weeks. As we said, 9th of December is the next episode and um, you can find out what happens. Thanks for listening to The Loose Five. <laughs> Better than the fishy four. <laughs> <laughs> At this site, Thandor drops to one knee and starts praying to Tempus. Hey, Tempus. Um, it's it's me, Thandor, again. Um, is this you? Um, I know that you like doing fire and stuff, and like, um, but this is this is um. I peed a little. Um, this is this isn't cool, man. Um, anyway, if you could get back to me about, <laughs> I feel like I'm leaving a phone message. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if you could maybe call me back or.